wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? From the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chapel. Thank you, thank you very, very much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Delight Show. I am your host, the Monday Night Delight Man's Chapel. It is good to be here this evening. Um, well, not as unpleasant as last week. We'll say that for sure. Um, and, and we'll make up for the lack of wrestling content from last week by talking about a lot of wrestling this week. Because we got news, we got predictions, and we're going back to the summer of punk. So let's talk about some things first. Let's talk about news and as far as it goes with wrestling, the coronavirus. Um, every inch of the WWE Performance Center seems to be covered in coronavirus. We heard late last week that one, one, I guess like two weeks ago, one superstar or personnel member at the Performance Center had the coronavirus. Okay, well, one's not terrible. Shut it down for a couple days, sanitize, quarantine, everything should be okay. They didn't do that. They and plus they haven't been testing. They've only been doing forehead fever checks. Well, a couple days after that, we find out that three have it, and the names we get are Renee Young, Adam Pierce, and Jamie Noble. Renee Young had just been in a in ring segment that uh, that included, but was not limited to these uh, men. Of course, you had Sheamus, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Drew Gulak, one of the Usos, the entire Lucha House Party. Um, Seamus, no, I said Seamus, Cesaro, Nakamura, you had dozens of guys in there. Then we find out Renee has the, the, uh, coronavirus, and of course Renee lives with John Moxley, her husband, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So we've got breaches all over the place, to the point where John Moxley was told not to come to AEW Dynamite that week. Alright, that's a lot to deal with, but it's not... So bad, right? What about Adam Pierce? Well, if you remember correctly, Adam Pierce has been putting in time on the air. Now, the time last time he was on the air should have been before he was infected, but you never know. That might have been when he got it. And then you got Jamie Noble, and Jamie Noble puts matches together with people. Um, and so he sits down in close quarters with two wrestlers at a time, puts their match together, and well, it's very dangerous that Jamie Noble could be passing it on. 
Now, that all being said, the number later comes out that there's 10, but they won't give us names. And then 20, and last I heard, there could be up to three dozen people who are positive for the coronavirus in the Performance Center, including wrestlers, including um, NXT Performance Center recruits, and, of course, backstage members, and they keep trotting Ric Flair out into all of it. This is one of the least aware things that they've done since they put a stop to uh, the drugs for Eddie Guerrero and the um, and the chair shots because of Chris Benoit. So my question is, who has to die before WWE takes the coronavirus seriously? Hopefully no one, but they're not taking it serious enough right now. That's the big news of the week there, is the coronavirus issue with the WWE. Um, but as far as TV goes and what we're going to be talking about the next couple weeks here on this program, um, this week starts not only AEW Fighter Fest, but NXT The Great American Bash. They're both two-night shows, and it must be coincidence that they ran together, but we have two shows coming up this week. I'm going to make predictions for nights one, uh, night one of The Great American Bash and NXT Fighter Fest right here. Let's look at NXT Great American Bash first. Um, I gotta say the, um, card looks much, much more solid on the AEW side, at least for night one. We'll, we'll get to night two next week, but let's look at night one of the Great American Bash NXT version, and let's start with Oni Lorcan with Tim Thatcher, or I guess, I guess, against Tim Thatcher. Um, I mean, this match will be nasty, it'll be ugly, it'll be two guys brilliantly beating the bejesus out of each other, uh, and they got Thatcher in a row, so I, I, I think Thatcher's going to have to come out on top here. Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong in a strap match. I don't care about this match. I don't care about like uh, Dexter Loomis. I didn't like him. He was uh, Sebastian Shaw in NXT, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He's playing the exact same character here. I don't know what the deal is with Roderick Strong. The strap is intriguing, but in all fairness, who cares? Uh, I imagine Dexter Loomis as the baby face, I guess, will win this match, but who who knows? Now, three matches that actually I do care about, uh, at least somewhat. A four-women elimination match to, to determine the number one contender to Io Shirai's NXT Women's title. I presume that this match will take place on night two of the Great American Bash. But it is Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and Dakota Kai in a fatal four-way elimination match. Okay, there's so many good possibilities here. Io is a great in-between right now, between Babyface and and, and Heel. Um, she's still coming out to her Heel music, but let's be honest, at In Your House, she was very much beloved as a Babyface when she beat Charlotte, but maybe just people didn't care for Charlotte that much. Um, so one of the Babyfaces, Mia or Tegan, could take it. And, and it would be a great time. Candace and EO have such a history. When the, the when EO finally turned heel, she destroyed Candace. And now that Candace is heel and EO could re- reasonably play face, that could be a fantastic matchup there. And then Dakota Kai, who I think has the least chance to win it. Gun to my head, if I'm picking the winner, uh, I think it's going to be Tegan Knox. She's going to win that match and go on to face EO next week. I don't think it's time for her to win the title. I don't. Well, let me phrase it. I don't think it's time for Eo to lose the title. It'd probably be good for Tegan to win it now, but it's it's we're not there yet. So my official prediction: Tegan wins, moves on to face Eo next week. 
on uh, on GAB night two. Rhea Ripley takes on Aaliyah and Robert Stone in a handicap match. What a fall from grace Rhea Ripley has had. She was the chosen one who beat Shayna Baszler for that title. She convinced Charlotte Flair to put up her Royal Rumble spot against her at WrestleMania. She lost at WrestleMania to Charlotte Flair. That happens to the best of them. But then she also did not get that win back. And when Io won her title, won the title, she pinned Rhea. And now she's in this comedy triple threat, or I guess handicap match, with the guy that puked and a horrible wrestler. Um, I pray Rhea wins this one. Is all I need is for Rhea Ripley to be a part of a comedy trio for no good reason. But in my heart of hearts, I know she's going to lose. So my official prediction is Aaliyah and Robert Stone will beat Rhea Ripley and force her to become a part of Stone... Stone guys. I don't want St- Robert Stone Incorporated, something like that. And last but not least, probably the main event, NXT Women's Champion will face Sasha Banks, or Io Shirai will face Sasha Banks in a non-title match at the Great American Bash. Non-title scares me because it says right there, Sasha's going to win. Sasha's heading into a match with Asuka at Extreme Rules The Horror Show. There's no reason for her to lose right here. It's gonna Sasha's going to roll over Io Shirai here, and they think that, oh, well, Io will beat whoever wins the four-way next week. She'll get her win back. Everything will be great. Everything won't be great, but Sasha Banks is going to win that match. Looking at that card, that does not seem like that much of a show at all. Um, and they barely have anything for the next week. All they have so far is Keith Lee versus Adam Cole in the winner-take-all North American title versus NXT title match. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. But the, it just it seems like they're missing a bunch. However, if you look over at the... AEW card. They are stacking this thing. This is going to be just a brilliant, brilliant show. Uh, And a two-hour pay-per-view style show is is awesome. I'm going to be watching this one live. To be real honest, I'm going to watch NXT on replay. But let's talk about these matches here. You got Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I think they've served their purpose as the tag champs... um, I, I think maybe Adam Page will turn on Kenny Omega once and for all here, but the best friends will win this match. The best friends will take these titles, and you'll have uh, the great picture of Orange Cassidy standing between the World Tag Team Champions. Uh, best friends, my pick there. Cody defends the AEW TNT Championship against Jake Hager. Is the belt finished? Is this the finished belt? Because it's still hideous. I'm hoping that it's not, and that they if when Cody beats Jake Hager... He will debut the new belt either after the match or you know the week after on, on Dynamite. But uh, I, I telegraphed my, my pick there. I don't see Jake Hager winning this title. Cody will retain his AEW TNA Championship. Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. Um, this was clearly supposed to be Hikaru Shida versus Bert Baker. It just was. But then her leg went all screwy and that, that meant that she's out of action for several months. And now she just got to start a new feud with Penelope Ford. Now, I think Penelope Ford's good. I think that this match has potential to be really good. But I just don't see Penelope Ford winning this title. Uh, once again, the champion will retain. Hikaru Shida will beat Penelope Ford. Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with, Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt versus MGF and Wardlow. 
Uh, MJF Wardlow really growing on me. I love the Jurassic Express. If you did not see the match that uh, that Luchasaurus and Wardlow had last week on Dynamite, definitely check that out. It's a great brawl. Um, and Luchasaurus did a shooting star press off the stage onto a crowd of people. That's freaking crazy. Um, but it's not time to squash the MJF potential here. And so MJF and Wardlow will win this match, continuing the undefeated streak and building MJF probably up for Cody at, uh, at all in. If I had, if I had to make a pick and the private party with Matt Hardy, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Private party with Matt Hardy, uh, we'll take on Santana and Ortiz in a tag team match. Uh, this seems like a good opener, feel-good win for the babyfaces. I'm picking Private Party, and we'll go from there. There's your predictions for the first half of both Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash. We'll be right back after a minute here, and we'll get into the Retro Raw review. Be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast. More importantly, I am your general manager here at WrestleAttic Radio. And if you like what you listen to each and every week on this podcast stream, I think you'll enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, no tears, just one small payment of $5 a month, you get exclusive access to all of our bonus Patreon shows from everybody within the Wrestle Attic Radio Network. On top of that, you'll get exclusive access to us via a Patreon chat where you can talk about different ideas, different things you want to see in our shows, and potentially even be a guest on one of our shows. So that's something that you are interested in being a part of, a wrestling community that keeps wrestling real. Go to patreon.com backslash WrestleAttic Radio and click subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. Monday Night Raw, June 27th, 2011. This would be the first of the summer of punk. This is the night of the pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. What, you know, at the time, um, I was probably working at Best Buy the night this came on. I didn't, I don't remember three quarters of this show. But I would get home in time to catch the end of Raw. And so I, would, I saw the pipe bomb when it happened um we'll get there that is the end of the show you probably hear me typing right now as i'm looking for the text of the pipe bomb but the show opened up with a fantastic opening song and i looked it up and it's a nickelback song and you know what that's okay i'm all right with that and if you can't just say we got no fear no this balls out this that we're going out tonight, hey, just kick out every light. We're going until the world stops turning to to ricka to ticket to ticket to do. It's exactly like that. Don't argue with me. Um, but yeah, it's so good. Um, that new raw theme, I can't even think of how it is. It's uh it's no good. It's just not. That that all being said, that opened the, that put me in a good mood. And, and then they announced that it was Raw Roulette out of Las Vegas. That put me in a good mood. Um, and then Shawn Michaels' music hits, and that put me in a good mood. This is not a feeling that would last throughout the show, but it started out awesome. Shawn Michaels comes out. He dances around. He's still in great shape. He still has long hair. He teases a return and says that he's not here like other hosts just to plug his new project 
He's not. He wouldn't ever insult anybody by uh, saying, "Hey, be sure to check out McMillan River Adventures with Shawn Michaels on the Outdoor Channel." He would never do that. Uh, and, and I'm thinking I need to find some episodes of that and review them for this show. Um, but out comes CM Punk. Um, God, the just to have him coming back out. It, he hadn't started cult of personality. That would not come until he returned with the belt. But he comes out with the uh, with, with the new Nexus. He's got Otunga and McGillicuddy with them, and they're wearing the tag team titles. And that's weird. First of all, it's it's McGillicuddy and Otunga. They're holding title belts, and it's the old penny looking belts. So I mean, it's 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 just a weird thing to see. Uh, he gets in the ring. He says that he's leaving after Money in the Bank, and he's leaving with the WWE title. Sean says, I'm I'm better than you are. Punk says, you were better than me, but you're not anymore. So Sean kills David Otunga with a super kick. I mean, and just beautiful super kick, and Otunga goes down. Um, McGillicuddy and Punk start to go after Raw, uh, after, after Sean, and then, and then, everything stopped when my brain suddenly went, oh God, I know that sound. The anonymous general manager pinged in. Oh my God. I forgot and now suddenly can't forget the anonymous raw general manager computer guy. Ping. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I just received a message from the anonymous raw general manager. Shut up, Michael Cole. Sit down. But the, the GM books Punk in a match. We go to Booker, who spins the big wheel for Raw Roulette. It comes up, mystery opponent. Well, considering Punk was in the ring and nobody else was except for Sean, and Sean wasn't going to wrestle him, of course it's a mystery opponent. But conveniently, Kane is standing next to this board. Now, this brings up a couple questions. What if that a spot on the board had never come up? Was Kane just going to stand there all night? And what if later on that night, when Kelly Kelly... And Brie Bella were in the ring. It came up uh, for a Divas title match. What if it had come up mystery opponent then? Would Kane now be involved in a triple threat for the Divas title? Questions that they never thought about that I, again, can't stop thinking about. Um, the match is over. Or the, the segment's over. Sean wishes Punk good luck and then kills McGillicuddy with a super kick. I'm also keeping a running count during this. Um, when I used to do older ones, I kept a body count. People who had passed away. Uh, I'm now only keeping a count of people who are no longer with the company, either in a full-time wrestling role or a like a TV a full-time TV role. So people like the Bellas and Maurice don't get counted in the quote-unquote body count because they're still involved in a full-time WWE project. Kane versus CM Punk. These are the first two of the uh, of the body count. Neither one fully. Full-time with WWE uh, anymore. Uh, this becomes, and if you're new to my reviews, uh, I will call something an announcer's talk about something else match. If the announcers can't be bothered to talk about a match, neither can I. Um, so, I will say this. The people, even though they booed Punk when it came to Sean, because it was Sean, the people love CM Punk very, very much. Kane does eventually win by countout when CM Punk takes a walk, and out he goes. Alberto Del Rio. Wait, I skipped a whole damn page. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, hold that thought. Sin Cara and Evan Bourne. Uh, numbers three and four on the list. Uh, Booker, had, uh, Booker has Eve, number five on the list. 
Spin the wheel, and it comes up to no countdown. Well, that would have been handy the previous match. Wheel, but I guess you're random. Um, however, Born and Sinkara don't make any use of this at all. The two times they go to the outside, they both make it back in the, ca- in the ring, but long before it would have become a 10 count. Uh, Sinkara eventually dodges the airborne uh, shooting star press and hits La Mystica on... Born for the win. I think this was Sinkara 1, Sinkara Azul, Mystico, but I don't have anything to back that up. Booker uh, lets Kofi spin the wheel for his match with Dolph later in the night. Vicky Guerrero, that would be number 6 on the list, if I'm not mistaken, although my numbers may be off going for it, uh, comes out and says she's going to spin the wheel instead. Uh, she spins it, and it comes up player's choice. Now, Booker rules that because this was Kofi's spin that Vicky stole, Kofi gets to make the choice, and he chooses Vicky banned from ringside. I mean, if you had the choice of anything, why wouldn't he have made immediately made this a WWE title match and forced John Cena to defend in this match? But, again, logic. Can't think that way. Vicky's banned from ringside. Kofi and Dolph come down the ring after the commercial. Vicky immediately tries to come out. Uh, she is removed by security, and this is where this show stops. Live, you know, it, it doesn't hold up anymore. King is on commentary, and King can't help himself but to make fat jokes about Vicky Guerrero. She's not fat, like she's not fat at all. Uh, and then she he calls her a Saint Bernard. Good job, King. Um, there's a lot of things that show that don't hold up. Also, Booker at one point is ogling after the idea of a pillow fight match between two girls. That never actually did come up. Um, Dolph comes out to the ring. He has short blonde hair. Don't like that. And this is also pre-day, pre-New Day Kofi. So Kofi's down there in his red, yellow, and green tights. Uh, like short tights, not the long ones he wears with the New Day. He came out to his Caribbean uh, knockoff music of, uh, uh, of Bad Boys. It's... Uh, it's, it's it's no good all the way around. This also becomes a uh, down to talk about something else match of the night when they talk, start talking about the upcoming Money in the Bank match, the rules and the stats of how every time someone catches in, they win the title. And for another year, that would be true. Kofi does eventually pin Dolph with the trouble in paradise. Booker and Maurice are out by the wheel. Alberto Del Rio arrives. He looks Maurice up and down a couple of times. He stares at her ass at one point. Uh, Maurice has her spin, uh, oh, excuse me, Del Rio has Maurice spin for his match with the Big Show, she spins Steel Cage match, now, uh, I think it's supposed to be implied that Booker rigged it as, as Del Rio could not take his eyes off of Maurice's chest for a second, Booker stopped the wheel on Steel Cage match. I don't know if I can prove that, but that is what seems to be how it was presented. Alberto Del Rio versus the Big Show in a Steel Cage match, I don't... At one point in time, especially on the Gifted Podcast, we we had banned all talk of Alberto Del Rio. We should probably do that here, um, but he will. He's going to be on the show. Uh, Del Rio does win after Mark Henry attacks the Big Show. Um, he rips the door off the cage, and while he's attacking the Big Show, Alberto Rio, Del Rio scurries out and wins the match. Henry uh, slams the Big Show through the cage door after the match, leaving him for dead. Kelly Kelly. Uh, and the Bella has a match with a Bella. Later on, I have a fear that it is Nikki Bella. Uh, this brings the total up to 12 people on this show no longer involved with the company in any form. Or in a full-time... For, actually, I did count the... I counted the Bellas. 
I also counted Maurice. I forgot my own damn rules. Okay, anyone not in a full-time wrestling position is on this list. Um, but apparently the week before, Kelly Kelly pinned Bree for the title. Kelly Kelly is your champion. Uh, this gets spun, and it comes up submission match because, you know, Kelly Kelly and Nikki Bella both known for their tremendous submission skills. Two-minute match, uh, maybe not even. Kelly Kelly wins with the walls of Kelico, and uh, the Twins go to beat down Kelly Kelly after the match, and uh, Eve runs out and makes the save. The entire women's division of this show is no longer employed with this company in a full-time role. Ray Mysterio, I see, oh, hang on, <laughs> I almost got, I almost skipped a very important part. A video package promoting Andy Levine plays. Who the hell is Andy Levine? Andy Levine won the 2011 Tough Enough competition, the one hosted by uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He won the match in the middle of the ring, and out comes Vince McMahon, and he slaps him in the face, and Stone Cold gives him a Stone Cold stunner, and he never appeared live on WWE TV again. Because, God, I couldn't really tell you, but sweet Jesus, this was not the way to build up a guy. Um, God, that, 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 however, had the best moment um, in all of Stone Cold history, comedy-wise, when he goes up to this girl that would eventually become funk, the Funkadactyl Cameron and says, what's your favorite, hang on, what's your favorite, I don't have a Stone Cold voice. What's your favorite match of all time? And she goes... Uh, Candice uh, uh, Melina versus Alicia Fox and he turns looks at her turns looks at her and if he'd given her a stone cold stunner for real and broken her neck we all would have forgiven him holy cow what a horrible horrible show that was the one guy that could do something broke his ankle halfway through and had and had to go Rey Mysterio spins the wheel for his match it comes up tornado tag and it's going to be Rey Mysterio and Alex Riley Versus Miz and Jake Hager, also known here as Jack Swagger. What are you going to do? Off to the side of the wheel is Diamond Dallas Page. DDP is here to plug the best WCW TV or DVD. Uh, Sean says, uh, well, Booker says that he's going to watch it. Sean shows up and says, yeah, I want to watch it too. I've never actually seen any of it. I was working during that time. Which is not an excuse because from WrestleMania 1998 till well after the end of WCW, he was not working full time. So, you know, Sean could have watched the last half of WCW. But to be fair, that's the worst part. Um, Drew McIntyre, current WWE champion. Wee little baby face. Drew McIntyre shows up and Shawn Michaels kicks the shit out of him. Uh, leaves him for dead. This, Sean, all Sean was here to do was promote stuff and throw super kicks, and he is all out of stuff to promote. Um, they play a Be a Star video. Oh, the Be a Star campaign. And I realized later on why they showed this video here. But boy, that campaign didn't pan out, did it? Miz and Swagger versus uh, Rey Mysterio and Alex Riley. This match is slow and plotting. Alex Riley is green as grass, and half the time he's in the way. But they're still doing WrestleMania-style near falls, like 2.9 counts and parade of finishers and kicking out of finishers. Eventually, though, Riley and Mysterio pin Swagger after hitting a Spine Buster and a 619 and a knee and a Frog Splash. A lot of overkill for Jack Swagger. Truth is backstage. He spins the wheel for his non-title match with John Cena. It comes up tables. He takes a moment to speak to Little Jimmy. 
Huh. Uh, I forgot Heal Truth and Little Jimmy. Way, way less good than current W uh, 24-7, 7-11 Euro- European title holder Truth. And congratulations to him for winning his 33rd, I think, 24-7 title last night. Uh, Truth versus Cena in a tables match. John Cena is cursed at table matches. Um, he, of course, lost the WWE title to Sheamus in a table match way, way back when. The last time they'd done Raw Roulette, I was actually in attendance in Cincinnati, of all places, hosted by Chad Ochocinco, of all people, uh, and it came up a tables match, Orton versus Cena, and Cena, or Cena lost when he went to give Orton an RK, or excuse me, a, a, an FU through a table, and Orton turned it into an RKO through the same table in midair, and Randy Orton was the winner. Well, here's the same thing. Cena has this match in hand. He's got truth up for the RKO, but CM Punk runs down and moves the table. Always a terrifying spot. And then as Cena's distracted with Punk, uh, Truth, channeling his best Bill Goldberg, spears John Cena through the table, leaving him for dead. And then it happened. And why on earth was CM Punk wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt here? I don't. Was there a storyline or was there real life beef? I don't remember. But he's wearing a Stone Cold T-shirt as he comes out here, and he says the following: John Cena, while you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen. I want you to adjust this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He was a pretty good ass kisser. Always was, and still is. Whoops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I'm the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best since day one when I walked into this company. I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split just like I'm splitting. But the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's brass rings that it's finally dawned to me that they're just that. Completely... Imaginary. The only thing that's real is me, and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best in this microphone, in that ring, and even in commentary, nobody can touch me. And yet, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector's cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster for, of WrestleMania. I'm not on the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien. I'm not on Jimmy Fallon. But the fact of the matter is, I should be. And trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, hey, let's get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you're just as big as part of me leaving as anybody else. Because you're the ones who are sipping on those collector's cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. Of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're lo- too lazy to get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th. 
Hell, who knows? Maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Cole Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people. Because after I'm gone, you're still going to pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel is going to keep turning, and I understand that. This man is going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? Because he he uh, surrounds himself with glad-handed, nonsensical, douchebag, bullshit, yes men, like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon is dead. But the fact is, it's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, alright? We got this whole anti-bully campaign. And then the mic cut. And for ten minutes, you look at the screen like, what did I just see? Did CM Punk hijack the show? And clearly, he would not have gotten all of that out if CM Punk had hi- if he had hijacked the show. But did he hijack it right there at the end, and that's why they cut him off the Vince McMahon thing, or the doofus son-in-law thing, or because he said bullshit on TV, on TV, or maybe it was all fake. And you don't know, but you're talking about it, and you're talking about it, and you're thinking about it, and it leads you to tune in next week and start carrying up money in the bank. The summer of Punk was a great success. We're going to go through from now to Money in the Bank. I, I haven't signed up for going past Money in the Bank. I thought about going all the way up uh, until SummerSlam because that technically would be the end of the Summer of Punk. But dealing with Kevin Nash, ending the Summer of Punk, dealing with Alberto Del Rio winning Money in the Bank and winning the title, I don't know if I want to do that. But I definitely want to get up to Money in the Bank and the John Cena match. That's going to be it for this week's delight show i want to thank you all for listening be sure to check out this show on twitter at mn underscore delight all of our wrestle addict shows at addict underscore wrestle go check out our merch store at teespring.com backslash stores backslash wrestle hyphen addict hyphen radio um our pride collection was a great hit we thank you so much about those um stay tuned for things that are other ways that you could help make the world a better place uh with us here at wrestle addict radio and of course check out all of our current merch uh new stuff's coming all the time uh, again, stay tuned uh, to this show next week. We're going to talk about the first two nights or the first night of these two shows and this uh, this particular summer of punk. It's going to take us a little bit. It's going to be a, a little bit longer of a show going forward. But I wanted to to have a special announcement uh, next week on Monday. There will be no Young Lions per, uh, podcast. It's just the way uh, Zach's taking a little bit of a uh, vacation over the fourth. Can't blame him for that. But that means. That on Monday night, there's a spot open. And try as I might, try as I might, I cannot deny the fact that I am the Monday night delight. And yes, I'm on Wednesdays now, but I'm still the Monday night delight. So this Monday, you're not getting a bonus delight show. You're getting the long-awaited, promised, final gift of podcast um i will be covering the very last monday nitro we're just skipping all the ones that i skipped because i'm pretty sure we get into a boring bit there for a while we're gonna do the last monday nitro and the raw that corresponds to it and um and yeah it'll be fun good way to say goodbye to the gift podcast once and for all kate's laughing at me 
Um, because I that show and I are like Terry Funk. We just don't know when to go away. But I swear this time, uh, this will be the last gift of podcast. But until then, uh, so yeah, you're getting double the mass next week. I hope you're in for that. I'll see you then. Have a good week. Bye-bye, everybody.